Thank you, Margaret, and good morning, everybody. Um, a story for you before we begin. This is a little story. It's um, a young lad was speaking to his mum and said, Mum, at Sunday school, they told us that all human beings began, God created them out of dust. Is that right? Yes, son, that's right. And mum, when we die, our bodies go back to dust. Is that right? Yes, yes, that's right, son. He said, well, look, every night when I kneel down to say my prayers, I look under the bed and there either someone's coming or going. <laughs> Shall we pray? Lord, the words of Jesus Christ from Matthew 24. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. That's important to us this morning, Lord, because... We're reading, we're focusing on the words of Jesus today. Heaven and earth can disappear, but the words of Jesus Christ will never disappear. For his words are power, and his word is power. So Lord, let us receive from that power today. Let us be open through the power of the Holy Spirit to hear what Jesus is saying to us this morning. May our faith be strengthened. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The prophets of the Old Testament were God's spokesperson. The Holy Spirit would come upon a, a particular person and give them a message of God, and they in turn would bring that message to the people, often a message of repentance. Turn from your sin, you're drifting away from God to turn back. And the prophets had many dramatic ways that they would sometimes resent that message. On one occasion, the prophet Jeremiah put on a the the oxen yoke, you know, the yoke which is on the ox when it ploughs the field. Well, Jeremiah put it on and he walked around the street saying, repent from your sins or people, you will be wearing a yoke. Another country will come, they will conquer us and we will be under the yoke of slavery. Repent from your sin and turn back to God. A very dramatic message. Um, Isaiah the prophet, on one occasion, used a song to bring his message. And you can imagine, maybe it was a lyre or a lute, probably a lyre they had back in those days, a harp. And uh, he sang this song to the people and it sort of went, um, friends, let me tell you about my beloved. My beloved had a vineyard. And uh, first of all, he found this fertile ground and he planted a vineyard and, and he looked after the vines and he tended them and he put a wall around the vineyard. And when it came time to taste the first grapes, they were bitter. It gave nothing but bitter grapes. Oh, friends, what will my beloved do? I'll tell you what. He will tear up those grapes and he will dig them out and he will tear down the vineyard and the wild animals will come and trample where the grapes used to be. And anyone listening to this song would have nodded their head and thought, yeah, fair enough. If I had a vineyard like that, gave me bitter grapes after all that work, I would tear it out as well. Then came the crux of the song, the twist in the tail, where he said, you, Israel, are that vineyard of the Lord. These are the exact words. The song of the vineyard, Isaiah's message comes from Isaiah chapter 5 and in verse 7 he said, The nation of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord Almighty. The people of Judah are his pleasant garden. He expected a crop of justice, instead he found oppression. He expected to find righteousness, but instead he heard cries of violence. So the image of the vineyard was an image 
of the relationship between God and his Hebrew people. God led them to the promised land. It was like God was planting a vineyard. God watched over them in the promised land. He endeavoured to bless them. But the nation only gave bitter grapes of unrighteousness in return. They continued to sin, not to obey God's commands. They chased after and worshipped foreign gods, false gods. They gave back to God only sour and bitter grapes. So the threat to, the, to, to, to destroy the vineyard because of their bitter grapes came to fruition with the exile when the Babylonians came and conquered the Jewish promised land, put the people under the yoke of, of, of slavery, took many away back into Babylon. This happened in 586 BC. So in Israel's prophetic history is the image that Israel was like a vineyard and God was the gardener caring for his vineyard. This image was used because just about everyone back in Bible times could appreciate that image. For the promised land, the people had established lots and lots of vineyards. Now this image of the vineyard is not completely foreign to us South Australians, is it? I mean, after all, we are the wine state and we have the world-renowned grape-growing areas of the Barossa Valley, the Clare Valley, uh, McLaren Vale, and, and, and the Coonawarra, just to name a few of these areas. And we all know that South, South Australia produces some of the world's best wines. And we don't have to drive very far out, out of Adelaide before we see vineyards surrounding our city. So the image of a vineyard is very, is very familiar for us as well. And in today's reading from John 15, Jesus used that metaphor of the vineyard in a very different way because he did not say, Israel, you are like the Lord's vineyard. No, he said, I am the grapevine and my father is the gardener. He began that in chapter 15, verse 1. He went on to say in verse 5 and 6, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. Now, you're probably familiar with the yearly cycle of the vines. Autumn, the grapes are, are harvested, which is around about now. Who's just been to Barossa Valley? I know Liz and Ron, did you see them? Were they harvesting? Harvesting now. Autumn, Okay. But in winter, all the leaves drop off, um, the vine almost looks dead, dormant, and that's pruning time when they go through and they heavily prune the vines, cutting off all the excess shoots and things so that in the spring, the vines flourish with an abundance of new shoots and new bunches of grapes that ripen during the summer and are harvested again during autumn. And Jesus says to us, Think of your Christian life like a vine growing in a vineyard. There is a central trunk of the vine and its branches grow and are trained out along those wires, sometimes for several metres. Um, any branch or, or shoot that is cut off from that central trunk will just shrivel up and die. And Jesus says, I am the central trunk of the vine. And you are the branches growing from the vine. 
If you are cut off from me, you cannot produce fruit and you will surely die. Spiritual death he's speaking about. So firstly, we should notice that the Christian faith depends on being attached to and following a person. Not a philosophy, not a set of rules. It's all about the centrality of Jesus. Jesus says, I am the vine. The person of Jesus Christ is the vine. And we are the branches. Christians are followers of Jesus the person, not a set of rules. And remember, we follow a living person, not someone who lived once and died and told us how to live. We follow the living Jesus Christ who is alive today. Amen. And to have any kind of a spiritual life, we need to remain connected to the person of Jesus Christ. That's what he told us in today's reading in verse 4. Remain in me, I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So the question which is left for us is, how can we do that? What's the secret of remaining connected to Jesus? Now fortunately for us, Jesus has given the answer to that question. In today's reading, and a little bit taken from the, from the chapter beforehand, chapter 14. Now, I've thought about this, and I've thought about four ways that we can remain connected to Jesus Christ. And it's not rocket science, folks. And if you're thinking about it, you, you can probably think of the same thing. So I wonder whether your thoughts will be the same as mine. Four things of how we can remain connected to Jesus the vine. The first one is... He's given us the Holy Spirit. Nate spoke about that last week. Jesus spoke about it in John 14. These are the things that Jesus said. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. And then he goes on to say, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. So the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus given to us, his followers. And when we have faith in Jesus and we believe that he is our Lord and Saviour, his Holy Spirit comes into our lives and lives there. The Spirit of Jesus lives within us. That's the miracle of becoming a Christian. So if the Spirit of Jesus lives lives in us, then surely we will always remain connected to him, right? Well, that's kind of true. The Holy Spirit, he is always there. But I thought about this. It's a bit like listening to music on the radio. Now, I don't know whether you listen to um, classic FM or not. Sometimes I do. On classic FM, they have those concerts which they uh, air. And I can imagine someone who is a real classic music buff. And uh, the concert is on and they turn it up and they sit there and they listen to it and they pick up all the nuances. They know the composer and uh, they probably know the symphony and they're listening to it and every word, they're just drinking it in. Other people, sometimes the music on the radio can just be background noise. Now the question is, what is the Holy Spirit like within your life? Are you tuned into him and are you listening to every prompt and every word of the spirit, every mood of the spirit, or is he just background noise? See, if we don't tune ourselves to God's spirit, which he's given to us, then he can't guide us and he can't lead us and he becomes just just background noise. We need to listen to the voice of the spirit to influence our lives. 
That's one way, of course, a major way we remain connected to Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit that he's given us. How else can we remain connected to Jesus the vine? Well, surely you thought of this one through his written word, right? Through the scriptures. Jesus spoke about it in what we've just read. In John 15 verse 7, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, it will be granted. And in verse 10 he said, When you obey my commandments, the word of Jesus, uh, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. You see, the scriptures tell us about Jesus. The scriptures tell us the words of Jesus. The whole Bible is centred around the person of Jesus for the, for, for, for the Old Testament points towards the coming of Jesus. And the New Testament, of course, tells us directly about Jesus. But we cannot make up for ourselves some airy-fairy, lovey-dovey Jesus to follow, Jesus who loves everybody and accepts everything. It isn't like that. You see, we follow the Jesus who is described for us in the Word of God in the Scriptures. And we know that to remain connected to Jesus the vine, we need to read his word often, hopefully daily. But the New Testament writer, the New Testament writer James gives us some good advice about reading and listening to God's words. God's word. This is um, what James says in James 1, 22 to 25. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, then you walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, that sets you free. And if you do what it says and you don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Good word from James. So when we read the word of God or we listen to the word of God, we need to take it to heart. Not in one ear, out the other. Listen to God's word, take it to heart, act upon it. That's another way that we remain connected to Jesus the vine. The Holy Spirit, the written word of God. Remember there's four. Surely you came up with this one. Prayer. Prayer, of course. Jesus spoke about it today in verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Ask for anything you want. Prayer is communication with our Lord Jesus. You know, Jesus wants to help us. He wants to guide us. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to answer our prayers. But did you know Jesus is a gentleman? He won't force his will upon us. He wants us to invite him to participate in our lives. In the Lord's Prayer, we say, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's like we, we say, Jesus, we invite you to enter into our daily lives. Let your wonderful will in our lives be done. Now, if Jesus stands ready to answer our slightest request, all we need to do is to invite him in to do so then you'd think that we, his followers, would be constantly in prayer doing just that. But we know in reality we don't pray nearly enough, do we? Why is that? Because it's part of our human nature to want to keep doing things our way. 
But to remain in Jesus the vine, we need to pray. We need prayer to become a priority in our lives, not an afterthought. So hopefully you'd agree with me that one of those ways of remaining connected to Jesus the vine is through prayer. The Holy Spirit in our lives, the written word of God, prayer. And I have one more. Wonder if you thought the same as me. It is the fellowship with fellow believers. Jesus spoke about it today. John 15 verse 12. This is my commandment to love each other in the same way I love you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Love each other. Let there be love amongst you. And we can't do that alone, can we, if we're to love one another. A minister visited an elderly man who had not been to church for quite a while. It was late in the afternoon, it was winter, and the elderly man invited him in to sit down by the fire, a glowing fire, and um, to have a cup of tea with him. And after a while, the minister says, well, you know, we haven't seen you at church recently. Is there a reason for that? He said, look, I've been pretty busy. And you know, you don't have to meet together to be a Christian. It's quite, you know, I can be a Christian alone. Oh, said the minister. So they sat by the fire. He just reached out with the tongs. He got one of the burning embers and he took it out and put it on the hearth of the fire. Of course, it wasn't long before it went out. It just went black. Then he reached out and got that ember and put it back in the fire and it started to glow again. Didn't say much more to the man, but next Sunday he was at church. You see, it is in mixing with other Christians that our embers of faith keep burning. We gather with other Christians to encourage each other in our daily walk with Jesus because it's so hard to be a Christian alone. So part of remaining in Jesus the vine is to obey his command to love each other. And then the love of Jesus is fanned amongst us and within us. And you know, when we corporately do the things which I've mentioned, that is that we corporately acknowledge the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit speak to us. When we corporately study the Word together, when we corporately join in, join in prayer together and and worship together with, with other Christians, our embers of faith can be fanned more and more because, friends, it's hard to be a Christian alone. Four ways to keep connected to the, to the vine. Rely on the Holy Spirit. The written word of God. Take it to heart. Pray often. And to meet with our fellow Christians, to be encouraged and have our fan of faith, have, have our coal of faith fanned. But finally, we have to stay connected to Jesus the vine to bear fruit. That's what Jesus told us today. First of all, in verse 2, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they can produce even more. And in verse 5, he says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So what fruit is Jesus talking about? Well, straightway, I think our minds would go to, ah, the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, Paul told us all about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Paul wrote, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, this fruit of the Spirit sounds very Christ-like, doesn't it? They're all the qualities of Jesus, and that's the point. In living out our Christian lives, we need to reflect upon the person of Jesus. Jesus needs to live through us. How can we grow to be more and more like Jesus if we're not connected to him, the living vine? Put simply, the aim of our Christian life is to be like Jesus. It was a very busy morning at the airport, one of those airports where flights are coming in and flights are leaving and there's a couple of businessmen, they have to get to the airport, they're going on a business trip. One's a secular man, one his partner is an elder of his church and they're running late. There's been a delay with the traffic, you know, they sort of jump at the airport, they run to the car, they run up to the counter to check in and uh, the lady says, you guys, if... If you really run to gate 13, you can probably make it, but you're going to have to hurry. So, right, off they go, and you know there's people everywhere. They're trying to get through the crowds to get to gate 13. But, of course, there's people arriving, and there's people going, and there's people there to receive those who, 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 who are arriving. And there is a mother with a little boy about five years old, and uh, they're there to meet Dad, who's been away um, for quite a few weeks, he, he is coming back on that, that, that particular morning and the little boy's got something he's been working on. It's a 50-piece jigsaw puzzle, a big effort for a little fella and he has made that. He wants to show his dad, so he's with his mum walking through the crowd of people. There's our businessman running to get to the gate. There's the little boy with the jigsaw. You know what's going to happen, don't you? <laughs> it was the elder of the church. The one who just knocked into the kid and um, the pieces all over the floor. The little kid is down on the ground and the pieces and this business, you know, the elder, he sees his friend going ahead. He's looking back. What do you do? What's the Christ-like thing to do? He did what he needed to do. He went back, knelt down and started to help the boy to pick up the pieces again. Meanwhile, his business partner who is not a Christian, he looks around and sees his business partner playing, playing jigsaws with a kid when they got to get this flight and he turns around and he says, Jesus, what are you doing? And the little boy looks up at the church elder and says, are you Jesus? And in that instance, I think he was. If we remain connected to Jesus the vine, then hopefully people will see Jesus in us. Shall we pray? Lord, we know as Christians we have to remain connected to you. We just die away. Our little ember is just going to go out if we're not connected to you. And Lord, they're just some ideas today to rely on the Holy Spirit, to be tuned in to the Holy Spirit that you've given us so we're listening for his voice and all the nuances of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we be people who read our word, we read our Bibles daily. Lord, that we pray often because through prayer we know we're inviting Jesus to come into our lives and say, Lord, your will be done today, not mine. And Lord, let us never forget to meet together and have that desire to meet together, to pray together, to worship together, to study the word together. 
But we thank you, Lord, that we don't just follow a set of rules. We follow the Lord Jesus Christ who is a living person. We are connected to him like the branches of the vine. We pray that his Holy Spirit is going to shine through us. Lord, our simple prayer would be, can people see Jesus in us? For this we pray. Amen.